traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller, founder of the International Equine Network. I'm back in the saddle again. I was gone for the last couple of weeks. I found out that I had stage 3 colon cancer and had a seven-hour surgery with some of the greatest uh, physicians and surgeons in the world at Delray Medical Center here in Delray Beach, Florida. And they took real good care of me. They got me back up on my feet. Um, I will start uh, chemotherapy on Monday, and they said they'll be able to uh, probably get all of it. So it's kind of looking good for me here. I uh, just hope that I don't bore you to death in uh, the show, and if the show doesn't go good, it's the medication. If it goes good, then it's all it's all me and BBS. Um, well, I want to get started here today. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, we're going to talk about uh, today. Uh, the, the Derby, uh, we've got all kinds of different things coming up uh, for the prep races for the Derby. Um, we've got all kinds of uh, different items that we're going to talk about today. And uh, one of the uh, items that we're going to talk about is when you're traveling. And this has become real crucial to me now because I'm going to end up uh, start traveling, hopefully, uh, down the road. We've got some good things going, some good sponsors coming on board, you know, that type of thing. Um, and, and the way we're going to uh, get there uh, it's going to be uh, through KeystoneRV.com. Uh, it's the Fusion 430. And I, I suggest all the horsemen uh, go to uh, KeystoneRV.com and look at the Fusion 430. And what I like about it, it's got a very homey uh, atmosphere to it. It's got quite a few different options uh, that you can have there. And the reason I like this is because it's got a 13-foot garage area in the back like a toy hauler. And we're literally going to put a studio in this 13-foot garage area. Uh, and then that way, wherever we go, whatever we do, we can have uh, our, our studio facility for video and radio uh, right there with us, you know, uh, in the RV. And um, Keystone's very good about designing and helping, um, you know, their co- uh, their customers with uh, uh, what they want in an RV. So if you go to KeystoneRV.com, um, you can take a look at all the different RVs that they have. And they got a wide uh, range of RVs uh, from tow, uh, tow behinds to, um, you know, the, the big RVs. And um, what I like about it is they can custom fit uh, your needs. And for a horseman, the 430 is great because it uh, has two bathrooms in it, um, in which I like, and uh, in the, the garage area. Uh, you can convert that into an equestrian office, uh, you know, right on the road. And so uh, not only do you have your living quarters, but you have, um, you know, your office there with you at all times. So it's like you're never leaving the farm and all. So uh, that's the confusion. Uh, 430 by Keystone. Uh, go to them and take a look at it. Uh, now, the next thing that we're going to talk about is uh, a documentary that I'm putting together. Uh, I want to debut uh, this um, documentary on April the 29th. Uh, it's going to be video and radio. 
Um, it's called How They Get There. Um, the journey starts here. Meet the owners, trainers, jockeys, and horses. See what it takes to get to the Kentucky Derby. Stay tuned for How They Get There, brought to you by Keystone Montana Trailers. Um, it's going to be an hour-long uh, documentary. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to go through and, and we're going to meet uh, the owners. Uh, we're going to meet the trainers, the jockeys, see the horses. We're going to see what a blacksmith does. We're going to go to the sales. We're going to see how they, the, the horses are fed, how they're transported, talk to the vets, and then end up at Churchill Downs. And it's going to be a great program. Uh, you don't have to be a horse person uh, to watch this program. We're going to show a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes things, such as, uh, you know, how does a horse get uh, its shoes? Uh, how do they do what they do, uh, you know, to get the, the horses there, to carry them across that finish line? It's a great, um, it's going to be a great documentary. Like I said, it's going to be about an hour long. Um, you're going to meet some of the uh, most interesting owners in, in the whole bunch. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to, to see how they think, uh, where they're spending their money, and what they're doing. Um, we're going to see uh, how the trainers uh, adjust to uh, the owners. Uh, when an owner brings you in a potentially uh, good derby horse that they spend a lot of money for, a lot of pressure's on the on the trainer because he has to select the jockey. Uh, he has to uh, map out the course uh, get to the Kentucky Derby that first Saturday in May. Um, it's tough, a lot of pressure on, on the trainer. And, and then, you know, finding a jockey. The trainer's got to find a jockey to, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of figure it out, you know, like what, uh, you know, who, who's the best uh, ride for this guy. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that you're going to be looking at. Um, you know, it, it's a tough course. Um, and then you might have multiple derby horses in your barn. So, you know, it, it's a huge decision. Uh, you got to make sure they match. And then we're going to take a look at the horses uh, that, the, that the trainer and the owners have uh, going to the Kentucky Derby. Um, see uh, the breeding on them, um, where, they, uh, where they took him to be broke to, to the saddle. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to do here. Uh, you know, on those horses. We're going to take a good trip and see what's going on, uh, you know, with those horses and how they get there. Another uh, key element is the blacksmith. Um, you got to get on a good shoeing program to get your horse to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, it's something that has to be monitored, uh, you know, on a daily basis. Uh, if something happens, you have to have a blacksmith be available to come in and make those adjustments, you know, uh, to the shoe if he... If he were to pull a shoe or get a loose shoe, you know, to do that, uh, that that's very crucial. And you got to make sure that wherever you travel with the, your horse to, uh, to get to the Kentucky Derby, you know, that you have that blacksmith lined up and ready to go, um, you know, there. Uh, a lot of the owners um, uh, have uh, homebreds, which means that they bred a horse at their farm, uh, you know, to uh, get to the uh, Derby, hopefully. And also, they also go to the sales. Uh, there are sales all over this country in every state. Every state has a sale. Uh, they have their own state breads, plus they have horses that uh, come in from the outside, um, from other states. You know, maybe you get a little more money if you take a well-bred horse to, uh, you know, an outside sale. Um, 
you know, you never can tell. You got to kind of play the market. And uh, nowadays, uh, with the market the way it is, um, the virtual sale is really taking off. And it's something that's really helping the horsemen out. Um, it's a new way of of, uh, of buying horses. Um, you still have to have somebody go to the sale, physically lay hands on the horse, physically look at the horse, um, you know, vet the horse out, and, and also, um, you know, that, that that's a really exciting part about the business is to see if you can pick out a horse that's going to be successful down the road. And so the virtual sale has really become a, a big thing uh, with it um, now. And and so uh, the feed is another product, um, you know, another part of this whole uh, program uh, is feeding your horse. And um, if you go to a company like Hallway Feed in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, you can go to their website and you can take a look at uh, exactly how the feed's made. Um, they can they can literally uh, make feed for your horse for any particular reason. Um, if you got a horse that's growing, uh, they got a feed for that. If you got a horse that's uh, kind of leveled off and, and stable, and you want to keep him maintained at a, at a right weight and you know the right health, uh, go to Hallway Feeds. Um, they they're they're a phenomenal company. Uh, they've been around. They've fed a lot of champions. And, and the thing I like about Hallway Feed is they're always there to answer your questions, and um, they're international. If you've got a horse going to Dubai, you can get your feed in Dubai. Um, if you got a horse going to Florida or to California, you can get that feed, uh, you know, wherever you're at uh, for, um, uh, for your horse. And that's crucial. Uh, you have to have uh, the, the right feed, and you have to be able to have access to that feed uh, 365 days a year, and you can do that through Hallway Feed in Lexington. So take a look at their website. It's really interesting, and you can find out who they are and where they are and everything. And then and then uh, one of the interesting uh, parts that we're going to do on um, how they get there is we're going to uh, show you how horses are transported. Uh, for myself, um, I work for Sally uh, Van Lines and Brookledge Van Lines and um, did some independent uh, hauling myself on my own, um, which was exciting. And uh, I flew horses uh, within Stone Air Services all over the world. And we're going to go behind the scenes and show you exactly what happens uh, with a horse uh, when he goes to fly, um, how you take, uh, take care of them, how they're watered, how they're fed, um, all the documentation that it takes to get in and out of states and in and out of countries. And uh, you'll see exactly how the horses get there uh, to the Kentucky Derby. And then uh, one of the last things that we're going to do is we're going to talk with a veterinarian. Um, how important is a veterinarian to a horse getting to the Kentucky Derby? It's very important. And the reason it's more probably the most important thing on your list uh, for getting to the Kentucky Derby is the fact that, um, you know, this horse is going to be traveling. He's going to be changing venues. Uh, he's going to be going from uh, track to track, uh, van to airplane, you know, back to van uh, again. And um, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we have to look out for is the herpes virus, which is now in Maryland and Florida. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of tough, uh, you know, to see that come out because, uh, 
you know, get going into the derby, you've got to be sure that your horse is healthy and that he's monitored and, and that you make sure that, um, you know, you're going to get him there, you know, healthy and sound. And then our, and our final stop will be Churchill Downs. Um, we'll be stopping at Churchill Downs, uh, to see how our horse is going to do in the Kentucky Derby and see how he gets there. That's the final stop. So we start with the owners and the farm. And we go off through the whole process of uh, going to the Derby, and that's why we named the show How They Get There. Um, remember, meet the owners, the trainers, jockeys, and horses. See what it takes to get to the Kentucky Derby. Stay tuned for the How They Get There brought to you by Keystone Montana Trailers. Okay, now let's move on here. Um, we're going to talk about next, um, let me get to my sheets here. Uh, we're going to talk about um, a situation that's uh, popped up in the United States. Um, kind of interesting uh, to see. Uh, about a year ago, uh, there was uh, some problems that um, uh, the horse industry as a whole had, it, it particularly uh, centered around uh, the standard bread industry, but uh, went over into the thoroughbred industry and the show horse industry. Um, there, there were uh, uh, 25 or 26 uh, indictments handled out um, uh, last year on uh, trainers, and I'm not going to go into any names or any particulars, but um, they were violating a, a lot of the, the equine uh, laws, most uh, uh, statewide and federally. And just to let you know, the um, the thoroughbred industry, uh, the uh, standard bred industry, and the show horse industry have a grip on it now. Um, they uh, had an extensive investigation over many years uh, to see what was being done to the horses, uh, you know, and, and the laws that were being broken. And uh, we had one gentleman uh, that um, uh, that was caught, and uh, like I said, I'm not going to mention any names, but um, this gentleman was found uh, he pleaded guilty. He got 18 months in prison, and he got a $3.832 million fine um, uh, to, that he has to pay. And, and, it, and this is going to transcend into all the 25 people that are there. Um, we're talking about veterinarians, owners, trainers, uh, you know, that, that type of thing. And the thing that I like about it is is that it's letting the public know that we are policing our industry, um, all phases of our industry. And these investigations are thorough. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, and the reason I know that they're thorough and, and they're doing what they say they're going to do and they're going to make them uh, pay the price for any violations that are made is the fact that the person that got the 18 months in prison and the, the $3.8 million fine is because he, uh, he came forward and, um, you know, admitted what had happened. And so that, that's uh, one of the things that we want the public to know is that the horse industry, uh, you know, is policing um, every phase of it and they're taking care of business. And it should give the horse, uh, the horseman confidence, and it should give the the public confidence, and that they're going to see a solid product, that's uh, a legit product, that's the real deal. 
and that's um, you know all I'm going to say about that. But like I said, uh, there's 24, more, there's 25 more people that um, are going to be coming out. Uh, that'll be going to court, and uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, like I said, on um, their fines and their and their prison sentences. Um, I'm not one to go into names uh, on this, but we will give you updates as we go. And um, like I said, um, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a long year for a lot of them. And I know that there's a lot of uh, trainers and owners and and uh, you know horsemen that are that are really worried right now. So on that, on the next uh, front that we're going to, um, now that we've uh, settled that issue about uh, who's doing what, um, we're going to go to Oakland Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, Oakland Park is a great meet. A lot of good trainers go there um, every year to get their horses ready for the derby. And, um, you know, it, it's really nice uh, to see uh, what Oakland is doing for its um, uh, for its horsemen. Uh, I, I was excited just to hear, hear what all was going on at Hot Springs because they've had so much bad weather here in the last um, you know few months: uh, snow, ice, rain, everything. Um, so uh, I said I'm going to probably check Oakland out this week after getting back out of uh, the hospital. And lo and behold, today I, I look at Oakland, and um, Oakland announces a mid-season purse increase. Um, over the final eight weeks of the racing season at Oakland Park, we'll pump in an additional $2.5 million into overnight races, including increasing um, top allowance races to $110,000. Um, the 15% across-the-board increase also takes uh, maiden special weights into consideration, and maiden special weights at Oakland Park now will be ninety-three thousand um, dollars. The bottom purse is twenty-seven thousand, and uh, Oakland said that the uh, mid-season purse increase announced March March 9th by the Hot Springs Arkansas venue is the largest in track history. And so that that just goes to show you that you know uh, um, they have adjusted to the COVID. Um, with their uh, protocol and how they conduct their business, um, you know, at uh, Hot Springs. And, and it's good for the horsemen. Um, the purse money's back up. It's good for the owners. It's good for everybody all around. And, and I must say, here in South Florida, we have not missed a beat in the horse industry. It, as soon as the um, um, COVID news came out about a year ago, all of the horse industry here in South Florida, the whole entire state, uh, set out their own protocol at each track, each venue, each farm. And let me tell you, it has worked. Gulfstream Park and Tampa Bay Downs have not missed a day in the last year because of the COVID. They kept right on going, and it works. It's all protocol, and it's all daily, um, you know, uh, uh, performance uh, of the protocol at your track. And um, so uh, uh, speaking of uh, hot springs, um, they did a great job there. Um, you know, they kept on going, and, and that's why they can increase the purse money like they're doing. And, uh, and one of the races that they're uh, uh, looking at is, is the Rebel Stakes. Um, it's at uh, post times at 516 uh, Central Time, uh, p.m. Central Time, in, uh, at Oakland Park, 
And this is a race that I like. It's a million-dollar race uh, for three-year-olds. It's going a mile and a 16th. And I've always liked this race because I think it gives a true test of what kind of horse you're, you've got for the Derby. Um, you know, we're looking at uh, uh, March the 13th. Uh, Derby will actually be, uh, uh, you know, we're looking at probably, what, uh, seven weeks out. Um, you can take your horse into Oakland and, uh, if he's fit and uh, he comes out of the race fit. Um, you might have to have one race before the Derby, but highly unlikely. Uh, you can actually get the horse into uh, the Derby off of a four-, five-, six-week layoff. A lot of trainers have done that, gone back to the old school of racing. Um, when I came into the business uh, back in the early 80s, um, it was kind of interesting. Um, the gentleman that I worked for, um, Dewey Smith, uh, we had uh, two horses uh, headed for the Derby, Liscapade and El Bobbitt. And, um, the, you know, back in the day, a horse would race five or six times a year. Uh, you know, you, you weren't traveling all over with them. Uh, you were lightly racing them, you know, to get into the Derby. Of course, you didn't have to qualify for the Derby. You just had to have the money to get in, uh, you know, to, to the Derby. And um, uh, El Bobbitt, he ended up running, running 11th. Uh, he wrenched a hawk. He led a lot of the way with a filly called Kubakoy's Joy. And um, coming into the stretch and they had cavalry charge, he got beat up a little bit, wrenched a hawk, and finished 11. But um, one of the things that uh, I liked about that derby week is we had a horse called Liscapade. Um, he, he's a very, very nice horse. Um, Mrs. Joseph W. Brown was the owner. Dewey was the trainer. And I was his buddy. And uh, we got all excited about it because uh, back then they had the Derby trial a week before the Derby. And um, we went off at uh, 55 to 1 plus uh, odds. And there was, a, there was three of the Derby horses who were actually in the, uh, uh, the Derby trial. They were going to run the next week, and they did run the next week in the Derby um, against us. So we didn't know, you know what we had to do, but at least we were at Churchill Downs. Derby Week, running the Derby Trial. Um, we had Shane Sellers aboard. Um, they broke out of the gate, and all I could hear was the three Derby horses that were up there plus the others, and uh, we were at the back of the pack. And so when they hit the head of the stretch, um, Liscapade was in good position. Shane had him just right, and all of a sudden, the only call that I remember hearing was, it's all Liscapade at the wire. He won the race by a length and a half, and he come up uh, and paid 115.40. And Dewey, Dewey looked at me in the winter circle, and he said, "Scotty, he said I think we nominated the wrong horse to the Derby." And um, I, I don't, you know, we might have, might not, but you know, hindsight's 2020, and and so um, you know that that was a good thing. But it's all part of how they get there to the Derby. Um, you know, you got like the Derby trial coming up and everything. Um, which is now the Pat Day Mile, and I believe it's on the same day as uh, Derby Day. So they kind of eliminated that. But there are a lot of uh, other races that you can get into close to the Derby just to make sure your horse is, um, you know, is ready to go on Derby Day. And that, that's what I like, again, back to the Rebel Stakes. It's a million-dollar race going a mile on the 16th in Oakland. Oakland's got a fantastic track. 
the horses uh, train very well off of there, and the horses that come off of Oakland usually uh, uh, do very good, you know, at other tracks when, when they come off. And uh, you can come off, uh, you know, uh, uh, two weeks uh, before the Derby, even a week before the Derby. And once you leave Oakland, the, the weather conditions in Oakland are similar to what they have at uh, Churchill. So you're not really uh, making a big difference on your horse's routine or, you know, the weather or that type of thing. And remember, if you got hallway feed, you can get it at Oakland and you can get it at Churchill and everything. So that's one of the things that, um, you know, you have to take into consideration. But uh, what I like about this um, this week um, is it's a nice field, very nice field. It's an eight-horse field, and there's a lot of talent in here. Um, we have a Cadu River by Brad Cox, trainer Brad Cox. Um, nice, nice horse. Um, should be a factor. Could be the winner. But he, he, you know, depending on what happens in the race, he's carrying 122 pounds, and uh, the rest of the rest of the horses are going to carry 117, 119, you know, somewhere along in there. Bob Baffert's got a, a horse in there. It's a hoser, hoser, hoser. Um, it's 117 pounds. And I think that uh, Bob is the kind of guy that he's he's going to start, um, you know, a, a horse in there, and he's got a shot at winning it. Uh, Bob doesn't put a horse in, in a race unless he can win it. But I'll be honest with you. I think with this horse, uh, I think with this horse, I think Bob's got him in there to, to press the issue, to push the field, to see just how good they are in there. If he does get beat, uh, you know, he'll have a good um, – you know, I get good hold on at least these eight horses that could be going to the Derby. Um, he'll know exactly if they're the real deal. Uh, you know, just how they ride. It's a mile. It's a mile and a sixteenth. So everything that you do in this race here will set you up for the Kentucky Derby. Um, unfortunately, it's an eight-horse field, so there might not be a lot of traffic. There might not be any bumping or you know, pushing her, you know, anything of that nature. Um, we're going to see what it, what they have there. And, and I think you can see uh, this horse uh, maybe uh, come out of the gate and try to go wire to wire, um, you know, and, and just push them uh, and, and use these horses that are in here uh, to make them, make them uh, catch him, um, you know, like a rabbit. Uh, but yet again, I could, I could be wrong. Uh, I could be wrong. And then the horse that I really do like in, in here is Keep Me In Mind. Um, so this is a nice three-year-old coat. It's going to be tough uh, to see what happens with this horse. But this is a solid horse, a legitimate horse. Yeah, it'll come from behind and could run you down down the stretch. And then um, Bob also has a horse called Concert Tour that's um, in here. So, you know, uh, two of the eight horses are Baffert horses. So, you know, you can have some speed. You can have a closer, um, you know, in, in this race for him. Um, you know, he's, a, he's like a basketball coach, a football coach. Uh, you know, third down, 30 seconds to go on a ball game. Uh, what do you do? Uh, you know, so that's going to be an interesting one to see here uh, with him. And then the last one. Um, and you never can tell what Steve Ashmusen's going to do. The number eight horse is called Superstock. Um, this horse, this horse uh, is solid as the day is long. 
but I, I see him coming more up towards uh, for the Preakness than I do anything else. We'll see Saturday on how he runs, you know, with uh, with all the ones that are there. Um, and speaking of the Kentucky Derby, it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, next few months uh, to see what happened. The 2021 uh, road to the Kentucky Derby point standings are, are just really uh, um, right there and spot on. Um, our number one point getter is uh, Greatest Honor. It's a Tappet Colt, and it's trained by Shug McGahee. Um, he's earned $351,000 uh, so far um, this year, and, and he's really uh, just an unbelievable horse. This horse can, it can really run. Uh, he's a solid horse, and Shug McGahee knows how to get him ready for the Derby. And I think this might be uh, another... Uh, Another good horse for Shug uh, for the Derby. Um, I like the tappet part of it. Uh, very nice horse. Very nice horse. Um, the number two horse is Life is Good. Um, Life is Good is just coming off a, a good win out at Santa Anita, and he won the race easy, awful easy. Um, you know, and he was in against some decent competition, uh, but he, he had to put no effort in to win like he did. Um, he's made $274,000 this year for Bob Baffert. And um, uh, I tell you, it's just uh, an endless, endless road uh, of dollars that are being earned this year by these horses. Uh, Mandolin and, and Brad Cox horse. Um, it's an intimissive. An intimissive is uh, a nice stallion. He's producing a lot of winners. And um, how good they are... Uh, is being improved every day at the racetrack. Uh, they're, they're running good. They're winning races. Um, so it's something to, um, you know, take a look. And Bob Baffert's uh, horse there, the number three horse. Um, the horse that everybody kind of looked at all year long uh, was essential quality. It's another tapping horse. And um, it's trained by Brad Cox. Uh, made $1,785,000 this year. Um, you know, that, that's a tremendous amount of money. Um, he's done everything they've asked of him. Um, but some of the races, you know, um, he was solid, but, you know, I could see some weaknesses in him that he had. Um, you know, he, I don't know how he's going to fare in a 20-horse field. Um, I don't know how he's going to do leading up to the Derby. We've still got, you know, several weeks through there, and we'll see how he trains and, where Bob runs him at, uh, you know, the ne- next time out. Um, the fifth horse is Medina Spirit. Uh, Medina Spirit's made a $165,000, and, um, you know, he, he, he's a real nice horse. Um, and I think he, he might have a shot at it. Um, this horse can go long. He can go real long. And uh, we'll see just what happens with him. And there, the horse that intrigues me, is a horse trained, trained by Steve Askews. It's called Midnight Bourbon. Every time this horse is run, everybody's talked about him. You know, uh, everybody's talked about him. And when you got a lot of horsemen talking about just one horse, you know, there's something interesting about that. Um, he's a Tisnow horse, and we know he has the distance. And um, this horse has been solid, but I don't know how fast he recovers from a race. Um, haven't heard a lot about him or much about him. And, uh, you know, he, he's very, very nice. Uh, 
And then we get down to the seventh horse uh, is Proxy. Um, Proxy's earned $187,000 from Mike Stedham, and it's a tapping horse. So we know know the bloodlines there, uh, you know, and that, that's important. That's very important. Um, the horse that uh, I think uh, I, I think he might run uh, on an undercard race at Churchill uh, that week. Uh, his name's um, Hidden Stretch, a uh, hidden stash. It's uh, by Victoria uh, Victoria Oliver as a trainer. Made one hundred ninety one thousand dollars. It's Constitution is the sire, and I think this horse more fit than the Preakness than he would, uh, you know, the the Derby. Uh, I think a, a Derby run for him would be uh, kind of taxing on him, and I, I think that he might be more suited for, for the Preakness, you know, when all is said and done. Um, then the horse that, that I, I think is you got to flip a coin on this one. And the reason I say that is because he's trained by Chad Brown. Um, uh, Chad Brown, uh, he's a hard guy to get a hold of, uh, get put your finger on on his training. Um, I know Chad is involved with uh, Pace and Park in Indiantown, Florida. Um, I don't know if that horse is training at Pace and Park. If he's training at Pace and Park, you're going to have to take a real good look at this horse at, at, at derby time. Um, I have to get on the on the computer and see his last few works that he had. And if they're at Pace and Park, then they, they might be getting this this horse, you know, loaded up for the Derby. Uh, he's a more than ready horse, so we know he has the bloodline and he has the distance, you know, to go on him. And then um, keep me in mind is the number ten horse. Um, the bloodline I'm not real familiar with on this horse. Um, it's uh, an interesting, interesting horse. Um, don't know where he came from or what he's doing, but I know that his name's come up several times in the last um, in a few months. Uh, not a lot, but just, you know, kind of casually mentioned, you know, uh, this horse and talking uh, to everybody. Um, Bob Baffert has another one in here. It's called Spielberg. And... Um, uh, he's made four hundred thirteen thousand dollars uh, this year. It's a Union Rags uh, horse, and I think this might be another horse that, that would be a uh, uh, that would be a um, uh, how do you say uh, a Preakness horse. Uh, they might try to get him ready for the Derby and everything. Uh, see what happens on him to uh, go with it. Uh, I don't know. Um, Bob Baffert's got a lot of things up his hands, and uh, see what all is going on. Uh, I, I just have no idea at all what's going on with him uh, and everything. Uh, so we'll, we'll see just what happens with him and, and everything. So um, we're going from there uh, back to Jackie's Warrior, uh, which uh, Jackie's Warrior. Uh, he is trained by Steve Ashmussen, and Steve Ashmussen, uh, if this is his year, I think it'll be with this horse. Uh, this horse is really good. Um, he's a tough horse. He was on top of the heap at the beginning, and, um, you know, I, I just think he, he could really get there. And then uh, the rest of the field, um, Moonlight Strike, 
um, I think he's got a long shot. He's only made $89,000. And then we get back to Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie came out with great guns for Doug O'Neill this year. Uh, he won in some races, uh, pushing the issue. He's an ox blow coat. And so we know that he's got a chance to win the Derby just in that alone. Um, and so that, that's the next one. And, and then the rest of the field, it, it could be a, many, many different ones. Um, you know, whoever gets there, uh, you know, with them, it could be, uh, uh, just about anybody. So now we're going to break it down and go into, um, uh, a situation here, uh, where we really critique each one of the horses, uh, and everything. So. Uh, we're here, there, here, there, and everywhere with them, and everything. So, uh, we're here at the farm at Sunshine Meadows, in Delray Beach, Florida. Uh, we got a, a great group of people here. In fact, um, we have a TV uh, here. He uh, takes care of the track here. He maintains the track and all the maintenance here, and he's the guy responsible for getting all of, all of our. Uh, uh, Hamiltonian winners in the last few years. TV, what can I do for you? No. Everything's okay. See, this is what makes the guy. I'll call you here in a little bit. Okay. We, um, uh, we're we all checking on each other. TV's got some issues, uh, medical issues that he's working through, so I hated to break it up there with you, but he just got back uh, from his doctor's appointment. But um, the long short of the story is, is, and this is, like I said, it's a process of how they get there. You know, like a TV, for example, he's our track maintenance man at um, uh, Delray, or at uh, Sunshine Meadows. And this track's produced, uh, you know, two Hamiltonian winners, a jug winner, and a jugette winner in the last four years. So we're, we're there. Okay, now back on track here uh, for, for the Derby. Um, we're going to break this down now to each individual horse. Um, th this is uh, from the Blood Horse magazine. The number one rated horse right now as it stands, 31021, uh, is essential quality. Uh, Brad Cox is the owner. Go Dolphin Stable is the, uh, is the owner. His pedigree is Tappet, delightful quality by elusive quality. Now that is that is a mile and a quarter bred right into him right there. You can't take any any back seat to any horse with that bloodline. Um, uh, although Jackie's Warrior enjoyed a tactical pace advantage in the February 27th Southwest Stakes at Oakland Park, um, that uh, advantage wasn't enough to turn the tables on on this colt. Smartly moved off the inside earlier by Lewis Saez. Essential quality rated a few lengths off the pace and uh, reeled in Jackie's Warrior winning by four and a, half and a quarter lengths over Spielberg. Uh, an A-plus effort improving to four for four in his first start as a three-year-old. So, um, you know, that says a lot right there. He came off the pace and he came running at him. Uh, the next horse, uh, number two rated horse, is Greatest Honor. Um, which is uh, Suge McGahee and Cortland Farms on this, owns this horse. It's a tapping horse. Um, but, uh, Tiffany's Honor by Street Cry, um, uh, owned by Cortland Farm in Kentucky. Um, progeny of tappings are one and two uh, in the dozen um, following the greatest honors, uh, February 26th, classic Tipton Fountain of Youth Wind. 
um, in which he uh, went from looking beaten in the final turn and eased, uh, to an eased-up winner after rallying down the stretch. He managed this uh, despite the short stretch and uh, used for the mile on the 16th at Gulfstream Park, suggesting upside over the long Churchill Downs lane at the mile and a quarter. Uh, I think this horse will actually do very well uh, to, in, in the Derby. Um, this horse is coming down the stretch, and he's running hard. He's running hard, hard down the Derby. Uh, I mean, really hard. He's a, he's a good horse. Um, he's trained by Shug McGahey, and Shug McGahey knows how to get him ready for the Derby. Now, I think this horse is uh, out at Pace and Park and not so much at Gulfstream and everything. Uh, I think he's really doing good um, uh, in training. And Shug stays real quiet about this. I mean, he stays real quiet. And uh, he's a, he's the trainer that you got to watch, and I think it might be back uh, for Shug's uh, uh, hurrah this time. Uh, he's got another derby winner in the barn. Uh, I really do think so uh, with this. Um, so that's the um, greatest honor. Um, now the horse, it's Bob Baffert's horse. Now, I don't know where Bob comes up with him. This horse could actually be better than any of the horses that Bob has ever had. Um, this is a horse is owned by the China Horse Club and One Star Farm. It's called Life is Good. And I think life might be good for Bob this year in One Star in the China Horse Club. Um, again, uh, we're, we're talking about um, into mischief, beach walk by distorting humor. And um, distorting humor is a phenomenal uh, sire, broodmare sire, and into mischief is on the upswing. Uh, they're all doing great. Um, this two-for-two two two colt continues to impress with his breezes. The most recent, which was a six furlong move February 28th in the mile uh, at 112-1 at Santa Anita Park. A rematch with stablemate Medina Spirit, whom he beat by three-quarters of a length in the January 2nd Sham Stakes, uh, looms in the March, uh, uh, March 6th San Felipe Stakes. So speedy, talented. He figures to be a tough one to beat in any race that um, that he he can control, and that's the key word that he can control. Um, the the last uh, race that he was in, uh, Smallfield. I, I don't think this horse is going to be able to handle, you know, a twenty horse field. Uh, whenever you got a twenty horse field, and depending on your post position draw, is going to depend on where you run. Uh, you know, how, how far you can get your horse up to, to its ability. Um, I've seen a lot of good horses that um, have ran 8th, ninth, and 10th in the Kentucky Derby, um, you know, that were much the best of the field, but they just didn't have the racing luck. I think this horse is going to have uh, have to have a lot of racing luck uh, with them. Um, this Medina Spirit that Bob has also is a nice horse, so... He also works six furlongs in, in one eleven and one, um, and, and I, I think that um, uh, you know it's going to be interesting uh, to see uh, what he does. I think this horse is probably better on the undercard for Bob, and I think what's going to happen with Bob Baffert this year is you're going to see him all Derby week long 
uh, score a lot of stake races. Uh, he's got so much talent in there, it's just phenomenal. And uh, I think Bob will score a lot of stake races uh, Derby League. Um, I, I really do. Uh, this, uh, this this list is just un, un godly this year. It's just I I don't know. Um, I think this might be the best talented Derby field that we've had in years uh, to come out here. Uh, we got the Cadoo River uh, by Brad Cox, our trainer Brad Cox, shortly stable as the owner. Harchbun, Pangburn, by congrats. Uh, the bloodline's a nice bloodline, but it's not a bloodline I think that can, you know, that's going to be uh, that talented uh, this early in the spring. I think you might see this horse down the road, uh, you know, uh, towards Belmont Day. Um, I think that's where it's at. Um, uh, the Million Dollar Rebel Stakes, uh, he's going to run. Uh, that, that'll be his uh, next start will be um, on Saturday. Um, his next, uh, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, he's going to face Concert Tour and get her number. Um so that's going to be a good race right there. Um, Concert Tour, like we said, is another Bob Baffert uh, horse. Um, he's, he's a nice horse. Uh, he's straight sense. Uh, purse strings by Taffet. So we know he certainly has the, the bloodline to go the distance. And I think Concert Tour might have the speed. Uh, he might have the speed to uh, get out front, and he might have to catch this horse. Um, it's going to be an interesting race for him. Um, I, I tell you, Bob Baffert just—he just blows my mind. He always, when it comes to the big races, he's always got one or two horses to go. And and if you look at his training schedule and the horses that he runs, he's always got a horse somewhere in one of the big stake races across the country. That uh, if he can't win it, he's going to get a lot of. Uh, knowledge out of it of the horses that are in it uh when so when he goes back and he makes his final derby selection of the horses that he's going to run he knows the insides and outs of all these horses um not only on paper the physically running horses against them and, and that's that's a big difference um when you look at a horse on paper and say well you know he did this this and this and that's a great job but when you actually can pull a jockey off a horse and said what was he like when he rode past you? Um, did you have a lot of horse under you? Did he have a lot of horse under him? Was the horse that passed you, was he struggling? Did you have a hard time catching him? Um, you know, when you can take that jockey off and get a firsthand, um, you know, evaluation uh, from a jockey that uh, that's running against that horse, that's a big difference. So that's what makes Bob successful. Um, he... he Puts them a lot of them under under the gun and tests them a lot. Um, I tell you, uh, one of the horses that uh, is a good one from out west. Um, it's a great one, Doug, o, uh, Doug O'Neill, uh, ERJ Racing uh, Train Rack and uh, Al Racing Stables, and uh, Niall Brennan, Tom Fritz, and William Strauss are all owners. So you got a lot of you got a lot of people involved with this horse, and um, you know, that says a lot there in itself. They put together some money to get this horse. Um, he's an Iquist horse by Little Miss Protocol by El Condor. And um, I, I tell you, yeah, he's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, 
uh, with him, well, uh, the other Colts uh, in this space come off at stakes average. Uh, his last out was a maiden winner by 14 links, January 23rd at Santa Anita Park. And uh, that's an awful, awful lot of uh, uh, winning margin by uh, a horse at Santa Anita Park. Um, you know, you, you just don't know. Um, uh, that said, two starts ago, I came within a, a nose of beating Spielberg in the Los Alamitos Futurity. And so that just goes to show you that, you know, one day you're good, next day you're not. Uh, so that that was really interesting to see what all was going on with him. Um, you know, you, you just keep on going and looking through here. That proxy for Michael Stedham and Godolphin Stable, which is a tabbit horse, um, after a spotty race went second in the Risen Star, when he raced up close, dropped back and then rallied. Uh, blinkers could be added in the next time out in the Louisiana Derby coming up. Um, he had a bullet breeze and uh, 47 flat at the fairgrounds um, on February 26th for Stedham. Um, it's thought to be a uh, win and a great stakes race. He's twice stakes place, previously having been a runner-up to Midnight Bourbon in the January 16th Lacombe Stakes. So he stayed right there in New Orleans, and he's always uh, run pretty good, chased everybody and everything. So, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's another tough horse, but I just don't think he can get to distance. Um, We'll find out what he does, uh, you know, in his next race. And then here's the one that's the oddity. Um, I think that this horse... It's just going to jump up and surprise somebody somewhere, somehow, some way. Um, I don't know if it'll be in the Derby, the Preakness, or the Belmont, um, you know, or maybe some other graded stake races, um, you know, throughout the end of the year or by um, Breeders' Cup time. We'll see what kind of mark him down for watch him for Breeders' Cup uh, this year. Um, I tell you, he's a nice horse. Uh, he's trained. Uh, um, by a very, very good, good trainer, um, Diadro, uh, Robertino Diadro. I'm sorry if I got that name wrong, but, um, you know, he, he, he's a trainer that's up and coming, and uh, I don't think this is a uh, lightning in a bottle for him. I think he's got a lot more horses that will be coming up in the future, and um, I think his stable is a stable to watch. Um, frozen track conditions uh, that closed the Oakland track for 11 days kept him at, out of the southwest to wait uh, the Rebel Handicap, which is uh, which is on Saturday this week. Um, like I told you, um, Hot, Hot Springs had some bad weather, uh, had ice, couldn't train for 11 days, so that that really makes a, a big difference. Um, this might be, uh, you know, might have been good for this horse. Uh, keep me in mind. Um, with him, uh, the rebel won't ha- uh, will lure st- such as great. Sorry about that. Medications hit me. Um, the rebel uh, won't lure types such as Grade One winners of Central Quality and Jackie's Warrior, uh, as the Southwest did. In, uh, but the presence of Concert Tour, Cadu River, and Get Her Number should give the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes uh, winner a challenge in this test. So. There is some talent, uh, you know, there for the Rebel. Uh, like I said, it's a developing uh, race. 
um, it's going to be uh, very, very, uh, how should we put it? Um, it's going to be a very good race to judge what kind of horse you have. But to be honest with you, I think all the horses in the Rebel Stakes are very good candidates for undercard races in uh, the first uh, week at uh, Preakness Week in uh, Baltimore. Um, sorry about that to all the ones that are in the Rebel Stakes, but that's just my opinion. That's one horseman's opinion on here. And then the horse that I like because I had a cat named Hot Rod, and um, it's Hot Rod Charlie. Um, Roadrunner Racing, Boat Racing, and William uh, Strauss and Doug O'Neill are the owners. So they love racing of all kinds. Um, it's an oxbow by Indian Miss out of Indian Charlie. So we know that this horse does have uh, some bloodline that could carry him the distance, but does he have the talent? Uh, although this half-brother to 2019 champion uh, sprinter uh, Milto uh, didn't race in February, uh, he rises in the rankings. His form, uh, his form flattered um, by the Southwest victory, uh, um, victory of essential quality, to whom he was a close second in the November 6, 20, uh, November 6, 2020, TBG Breeders' Cup. Uh, I, I tell you, this horse, he's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, he's going to surprise an awful lot of people. He's good. He's solid. But who's going to show up? Is he going to show up? Uh, I don't. I don't have a clue. And then our final horse, uh, again, is the Bob Baffert uh, horse. Um, Spielberg uh, is the name of the horse. Union Rags, um, Miss uh, Sequel, My Smart Strike. Um, this this horse is. I think. I think he's a he's a pretender. Um, you know, he's good enough to hang around, but he's kind of like one of those guys that. You know, just in the group, uh, you know, just hanging around the right people, hoping that um, he'll be guilty or a winner by by uh, association. Um, one race after he appeared, uh, one race after he appeared to have been exposed um, as a cut below a three-year-old leaders in a mile and a quarter length, an eleven and a quarter length loss to um, uh, loss when he fourth in the Robert uh, Lewis. Uh, Bob has him back. Um, so we'll, we'll just see how, how back he is and everything. Well, guys, the uh, medication is starting to kick in on me. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, hopefully um, you can trudge through and what I did today. Hopefully it'll all be good, uh, you know, for, for everybody. Um, like I said, um, I, I want to thank everybody for all the prayers and all the well wishes and everything to get me through the surgery. Um, you know, God has blessed me and has given me another day, uh, you know, to do what I'm doing. So hopefully I'll, I'll get better and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get through this thing. You know, it's, it's going to be a um, tough journey, but, uh, you know, we're going to beat this thing. And, you know, so, you know, I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to the Derby. Um, I'm looking forward to the April 29th. Now, remember this, April 29th, the video, radio debut of how they get there. Um, go on the journey with us uh, to see how they get there. Uh, the journey will start here on the 29th. Meet the owners, trainers, jockeys, and horses. 
see what it takes to get uh, the Kentucky Derby and tune in on April 29th for how they get there, the debut. Brought to you by Keystone Montana Travers. Folks, hope you meet us next week here. We'll see how everything's going. And I appreciate every listener that we had. Uh, see you next week on the International Equine Network. Thanks. <laughs>